0: Hello and welcome to episode 283 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes. You can find all the sponsors on Facebook or Instagram, but if you want to go right to the source, you got to go to dexcom.com forward slash juice box or myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now that's going to be to find out more about the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor and of course the tubeless insulin pump that Arden has been using forever, the Omnipod. And if you want to know more about Dancing for Diabetes, well, that's Dancing4Diabetes.com. In episode 274 of the podcast, Maya came on and talked about drinking with type 1 diabetes. And today, Alex is here to talk about smoking with type 1 Now, I hope you understand I'm not talking about cigarettes, right? I'm talking about a doobie, Houdini, reefer, a spliff. You get what I'm saying here, grass, bud, asparagus. Your Aunt Mary, ganja, marijuana, pot. Some of you might notice, chronic, dank. I prefer weed. Anyway, Alex is gonna come on and talk all about his life. And he happens to be a a frequent smoker. This one went way different than I thought it was going to, and honestly may be one of my favorite episodes. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan, becoming bold with insulin, or sparking up that sticky icky. Hello? Alex. Hey. Hey, before you even get comfortable, I'm going to test you, okay? I'm going to say three words. You tell me what comes after it. Neutsch, Neutsch, Neutsch. Go. Neutsch, Neutsch, Noich. I don't, I don't hey, know what's next. You don't know Jay and Silent Bob? All right. Okay. <laughs> you're out, Alex. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you're just young, Alex. That's what you are. <laughs> I am. I'm 26. <laughs> no, seriously. How are you doing? I'm doing
1: good. Uh, I actually am high right now. Um. Not weed high, but I'm um, blood sugar high, and there's gonna be a lot of that. Like, which high am I talking about? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just I ate something, and I always get high after, even if I dose. It's a carb ratio thing. But I also I'm I have I'm type one diabetic, but I have Addison's disease as well. Okay, which uh, means I don't produce adrenaline, I don't produce cortisol, and I don't produce aldosterone, hmm. and I took my pills before I ate, and normally I don't eat this early, so it was kind of messed that up, but it's not a big deal. Um, it'll come down eventually.
0: What pill did you take?
1: I took hydrocortisone.
0: And that's... And, what's that help with? That's what it's supposed to help with?
1: It's uh, like cortisol replacement. Okay. It, I have like a baseline of them, and uh, I just take them, replace that. Um, I... There was a portion of my life or life with Addison's that I, uh, I made my doctor upset and told him, cause he told me that my hydrocortisone never affected my diabetes. And I disagreed with him cause I had researched it before that. And I had another doctor when I first got diagnosed, tell me that it does. And this other doctor, um, tried to tell me it didn't. So I challenged him and he gave me a cease and desist letter and, Told me to go find another doctor for my endocrinology. The reason why I chose that doctor in the first place is because he said he would take care of my diabetes and the Addison's together. And um unfortunately he couldn't do that. I found a doctor since then that can. But there was like two years of my life that I didn't have any doctor for either because he couldn't handle me revolting. And my doctor now embraces my honesty and my directness. And she if I have an idea or if I have different you know what I mean different ideas that she has yeah you won't challenge me she'll just let she'll go home look them up and then on the next meeting or she'll call me on the next time and we'll have a conversation about it then rather than just immediately saying no i don't know that and kicking me out or not wanting to have the conversation
0: let me ask you it's a question like, When you talk, when you said revolting, did you mean like, did you like sail a boat up to his Harbor and drop tea in it and stuff like that? Or Uh, yelling and screaming? did you punch him in the head or you just, you mean you resisted what he said and and said, I I don't agree. Gotcha.
1: I, yeah, I was just very, I'm very direct when I don't agree with something being that this is like my life, my choice, like the doctor, it's kind of a a hard thing being younger. Like I got diabetes when I was three years old, we, uh, and have had it ever since and then addison's when i was 15 so i kind of had to grow up at a young age and i've got my voice my my strength from that you know what i mean because going into these doctors offices all the time doctors kind of want to tell you what they know rather than want to hear what i know about it and work together on it they're Mm -hmm. more it's more of a one-sided type thing and i don't i don't rock that way i want to know what's going on what's going on my body and do i have to have that and since like this Time back in the day, because there was a time where my HbA1c was at 15, and I wasn't taking care of my diabetes. And I've always had this mental kind of position on my, you know, diseases that I'm not gonna be like let them get in the way of my life. I'm gonna do what I want when I want. And with Addison's, particularly when I was diagnosed, my it was when I was it was when I was 15. It was my 15th birthday that I got out of the hospital. And it was on a Sunday, and that's all I wanted for my birthday that year was to get out of the hospital because on that Tuesday, I was supposed to go snowboarding and i like the thing with addison's is that uh it's like a life threatening disease like if you break your arm or have any serious trauma to your body, you got to get a shot and don't you' could potentially die. But the doctor was like, "Oh, you shouldn't do that. you're in, like new to this disease, you could have an issue, and you know it could be the end of you um but I was like, no, nah, I'm going. I'm going to snowboarding. Not, you know what I mean? It's not going to hold me back. And uh, I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. Like I'm still young. I'm still free. There's, these are, when you look at me, you don't see these diseases. I look like everyone else. Right. So I'm not going like, to make it look like I'm you know, short or like, uh, less than. I'm going to go do what I do. And if it doesn't work out, then at least I'm living.
0: Nice. Hey, so let's ask a couple, like, baseline questions and get going. You said it a second. Yeah, time, yeah I'm but di- No, no, you're good. You're di- diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. How old? Three years old. Three years old. That's 23 years ago, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. 23. Um, Was there any existence of type 1 in your family or other endocrine issues?
1: Uh, No. no. Not at all. Okay. Not on both sides.
0: So three years old, 23 years ago...
1: It was very different times back then. Yeah, I'll I was tell you to that. Say,
0: how did you start?
1: So, basically, when I got diagnosed, I was in San Diego. I was on a camping trip with my mom, mm-hmm. and uh, I had just been at my grandma's house in LA, and she was cleaning up, and like the toilet seat. I was obviously three years old, so I didn't didn't have perfect aim at the time. Of course. And the rim of the toilet seat was like sparkling, like dancing, like diamonds. My grandma, she's a very clean woman, so. She noticed it right away and when she was cleaning, and it kind of stood out to her. She had read a uh, diabetes forecast magazine, her and my grandpa, and knew something was up, told my mom, and she was like, all right, when we get back from our camping trip, I'll I'll look into it. And on the camping trip, I uh, there was a bathroom across the street from our campsite, mm. like across the little road or whatever, and she kept having to walk across the street, which it was very noticeable how many times I was going to the bathroom. And we only had so much water at the campsite. So I was consuming all the water and pissing it all out. It wasn't, it was, you know, a red flag for her. Yeah. And long story short, we went to the hospital. They wanted to diagnose me there. But being that my mom was a, a single mom, she couldn't spend her time in San Diego. Like it wasn't, we were only there for like a trip. Yeah. So basically, she denied the doctor's health request or like denied service or whatever boogie back to Orange County, which is like an hour away from San Diego.
0: And then did it there.
1: um, And got me diagnosed in Orange or in uh, Mission Viejo and, you know, lived with it ever since. But back when I started insulin uh, injections, you know what I mean, long term, short term, the whole nine yards. And my doctor was actually in L.A. too. So we would, it was always like a traveling time to handle my diabetes.
0: Let me ask you this, uh, just for a second to clear up, to finish up the thought. Sparkle, yeah. Sparkling toilet seat was sugar appearing in your urine. Yes, sir. Yeah. My blood
1: sugar when I was diagnosed was uh, my mom said like thirteen hundred or fourteen hundred. Holy like that. Jesus! Yeah, wow. it was pretty bad. That's why it was very like
0: prominent. No kidding. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, that's the biggest number anyone's ever said on here. Just so you know, you've won a prize. Um, Well, I didn't (laughs) even now, like my blood. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Um, Get a medal or something.
1: uh, My blood sugar gets high. Like even with the the insulin, I'm on a pump. You know what I mean? I just get high really quick. Like I ate a BLT, two pieces of bread before like I was like at 7 a.m. this morning and my blood sugar shot at like I had pre-dosed, you know, 20 minutes before And it just immediately shoots up. It's, like, super quick. But I I probably already had diabetes for a good while, obviously, since it was so high. Right. And I don't really complain. You know what I mean? You just – I've always been one to just take heat.
0: Alex, I know this isn't why you're on, but let me ask you a couple of questions. You're, pre, you're, yeah. you're pre-bolusing you're, you're 20 minutes outside of a sandwich, which is yeah. crazy. How high are you getting after that?
1: Uh, it, My blood sugar was 250 on my Dexcom. Or, like – It's actually 192 right now, but it was 250 on my like blood sugar, my contour test kit. Um, But there, I've noticed with the Dexcom that they, when you're shooting up fast, like when you're flying up, Mm -hmm. it can't capture the cap. It can't capture like the the top end of where you're about to get at before you get there. Until you get to it.
0: Yeah, of course. Hey, so let me ask you a question. After you get high like that, do you come back down on your own or do you have to correct with more insulin to get back down?
1: Definitely have to correct. I definitely have to correct. Okay. It's been, been tough. Uh, what my whole, my focus right now in these three months from the last time I saw my endocrinologist Mm -hmm. is I have a problem with emotional dosing. Like I'm high and I'm like, you know, I'm staying high and I'm trying to step down, trying to step down and it's not coming down quick enough for me, you know? So I just keep, all right, here's another two units. Here's another unit. And just try to like, you know, bring it down. Yeah. And it, it uh eventually never know or uh, i mean if i see it starting to come down i'll stop but i just hate being high like
0: no you shouldn't have to be
1: yeah but like being that i've had it for so long if i had to choose high or low i would choose low any day i've had
0: some like
1: highs that go on for
0: hours and hours yeah more work than fixing a, a, a tough low right
1: yeah and uh I've tried the 670. You know what I mean, the closed loop system and all that. Right. And I've I have the tandem now with mm-hmm. the Basil IQ, and I got the Dexcom, and I've, you know I've been with all the new like tech and whatnot. And the 670, I thought it was going to be the game changer, you know,
0: and it just didn't help you. It, no, it did not at all. And actually sent me to the hospital multiple multiple times. Hey, you guys can put that in an ad, Medtronic. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you another. Uh, yeah, of course, man. Let me ask you another question, okay? Um, yeah. It's been, like, find a time in your mind. It's been a few hours since you ate and a few hours since you've had insulin. Where does your blood sugar sit stably when it sits stable without insulin oh, food?
1: It's perfect. A hundred. You know what I mean? A hundred. Okay. Labs, like one- 100 and it'll vary up to like 110 and then come back down to 100. It's perfect. And that's when I first got to my my doctor now, that was her first goal. Yeah. Let's get a baseline. Don't eat. That's you know excellent. what I mean? And if you do eat, let's see, like this, that, that, uh, her thing was don't eat breakfast, don't eat lunch, eat dinner.
2: Mm-hmm. And then
1: once we figure out dinner, then we can start with breakfast. Don't eat lunch, dinner, only eat breakfast and see what it does. Yeah. And just have me not eat. And I was totally game for it because – Like I said, there was a time where I didn't care about
0: my diabetes and I was just living. And you're trying to care now.
1: Yeah, I'm really trying to care now. Like I said, my highest was at 15 and now it's at like 6'5". You know what I mean? And it still has room to improve, but that's all me. Like once I took it over from my mom, my mom was like my main caretaker for a while. And I was like, I'm going to take this over. And recently I've actually paid for everything myself now too, because there's that's a portion of diabetes that is slept on or like not really talked about is how expensive it is for younger kids. You know what I mean? I know mm-hmm. you don't have diabetes, but your daughter does. And I'm sure that right now she's trying to get a job. She's trying to do her thing, like trying to get her education so that she can afford it one day. But she's – being that we have parents, we get it at a young age, that have that hustle and drive to be able to get the money, be able to afford these things. There's a time where we got to do that too. And I think as these companies progress and technology gets better, that should be something that, you know what I mean, achievable, like for everyone. There was this guy that I met playing basketball and he had a baby and he was probably like 30 or something. And he had a baby and he had a pump, he had a sensor and all that, living his best life. And when the baby came, he couldn't afford the baby and his pump and sensor. Like he couldn't afford both at the same time. Okay. So he, uh, he gave up his pump to be able to afford his kid. Yeah. And I was just like, that totally blew me away because I was like, I've never even once had to think about giving up my technology for like someone, someone else, else or yeah. like
0: for money. Let me give you an honest statement from a person who has two children and is probably more than two thirds way done with his life. Don't make a baby till you can afford it. It's yeah, a, exactly. I'm deal. right there with you. Yes, you can help it. Don't do that. Hey, so listen, going back to your bolus though for a second, if you're, yeah. if you're doing a nice little pre-bolus and you're going to 250 and you have to correct to come back down, in my mind, your insulin to carb ratio for that meal is not right. And so a good place to begin would be to make that sandwich again the next day, mm. take the bolus that you used and add a good deal of your correction to the initial bolus. And that should stop the spike without making you low. Mm-hmm. So it's more, sometimes it's more about the impact of the food. Like, do you ever have a time where you do a pre-bolus count the carbs, right? And you don't get high, like do different foods affect you differently?
1: So, uh, my, my BLT is like my, I guess my glory food at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically all I eat is Chipotle, a Chipotle bowl. And I get the exact same thing in it every time okay. because what, what you were just saying. And my other thing that I eat is blaze pizza. I get a build your own. Uh, I it's actually just switched over to cauliflower crust. Um, but I do those meals. If I'm going to eat out, those are the two meals that I eat. Right. Um, and I, I eat salads and stuff at home, basically like protein to carb ratios. I just got into, um, like you were saying, like trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I just, I'm a sandwich person. I really enjoy sandwiches and sushi. I used to love sushi, but, uh, I, I've had to kick the bucket.
0: Well Recently. I don't think you can't have a sandwich. I just think you have to figure out how that sandwich is impacting your blood sugar and get the, yeah. the 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 insulin moved, you know, so the kind of the impact of the insulin covers the action of the carbs or you know, the action of the insulin covers the impact of the carbs. I mean, um so yeah, the, well, you know, they're peaking at the same time and it's Right. A little the more thing fair today,
1: fun. the thing today was I had just taken my pills and I went to get a sandwich, so I was doubling up. The hydrocortisone mm-hmm. naturally makes me high, and I normally take that around like ten, yeah, like ten a.m. or whatever. Uh, So I was a little bit early on that. So basically, at ten, I'm gonna get my my uh, increased basal mm-hmm. with my pills. But I, since I already took my pills, that's I'm gonna probably crash down at like ten a.m. So it's kind of like I was just hungry, so I just ate. You think the scheduling threw you off more than anything else? Yeah, right. yeah. It wasn't like I. I will wake up early, but sometimes I don't eat early. I was just watching the sunrise and going because I, I can see the ocean from my apartment. Nice. So I was just
0: kind of. I normally don't get up this early, so it was just take a, good a look, time. right? Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Hey, I hear you. All right, so Alex, let's tell everybody why you're on the podcast. Yep. Um So, did you, so how long have you been listening to the show?
1: Uh, honestly, I had listened to another diabetes podcast, uh-huh. and I'm. When I'm at like when I work, I listen to podcasts because I'm trying to expand my mind while I'm at the office. Right. Um, but uh not that long, not that long, probably like three episodes before I heard the after dark one and I was like, Oh, this is me.
0: Okay, so this. so you're a pretty new listener and you hear the episode yeah. um, where we're talking about drinking with type one diabetes. And I say yep. at some point in there, I need like somebody who legitimately smokes weed a lot yep. to come on and talk about that. Um mm-hmm. so it is very nice of you to put yourself out like that. Um, let, me, let me down. make the same preamble that I made during the drinking one. I've never smoked weed. Um, really? Yes. Oh, man. And, and so I don't know what I'm talking about, but that's why it's perfect that you're here because you can, you can help me understand it and, and we, can, we can get some kind of context. So let me ask my first question. How old were you the first time you did it? The Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor will make knowledge your superpower. It is FDA permitted to allow for zero finger sticks, has customizable alarms and alerts, smart device compatible, Android and Apple. That's the iOS. You know it. You can share your data with up to 10 followers. 10. Count them with me. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. That's a lot. 10. There's Siri integration and it's indicated for use in children two years and up. here siri shut up siri hey siri stop i love it when you tell siri to cancel and it says there's nothing to cancel but it just asks you something cancel means stop talking to me that's enough being hocked in china by my phone that's bad yiddish pronunciation by the way in case you're wondering Back to Dexcom. Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Minor. Find out which way your blood sugar is moving, right? The direction and the speed. And it doesn't have to just be you, like the person with diabetes. It could be a loved one, a child, a friend, a sister, a long lost, I don't know, milkman. Like say you're like from the 1920s and you used to have a guy that brings you milk and somehow he's still alive, even though he's probably an adult back then. He's 143 now, but he has type 1 diabetes and you're still worried about him. If that guy's got a Dexcom G6, you're a milkman from the 1920s, and you have like an iPhone or an Android, you could help him know what his blood sugar is. is that crazy? That's like time travel right there. You need a Dexcom continuous glucose monitor. Please take it from me. Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to get started today. Psych, another ad. This one's for Omnipod, the Omnipod tubeless insulin pump. Mmm. Mm, it's making me happy thinking about it. Myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Here's something about the Omnipod I've never considered before. I saw it online just today. Someone said, Do you remember trying to run with your insulin pump and it would pop off your belt and then it would just be like some swinging sickle of death whipping around from the tubing in the air while you're furiously reaching for it, hoping it doesn't pull out your infusion set? I thought, hmm, I can picture that, but I don't have any experience with it because my daughter's always used a tubeless insulin pump, the Omnipod. Another reason why Omnipod is terrific is because they'll let you try the system out. They'll send you a free, no obligation demo in the mail. You can try it on and see what you think. You don't have to just take my word for it. To get that free demo, go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box. You fill out a tiny bit of information about yourself, Omnipod will send you the demo pod right to your house. And don't worry, it's non-functioning, right? So it's not like it's going to, you know, can't give you insulin or anything like that. It just gives you the experience of wearing it. You could even shower with it or, you know, do whatever you're going to do with it to see how it fits into your life. MyOmniPod.com forward slash Juicebox. There's also links in your show notes and at JuiceboxPodcast.com. And after you do that, head over to Dancing for Diabetes. Find out more about that organization. Dancing, the number four, Diabetes.com. All of the sponsors' information is available at juiceboxpodcast.com, and there are always links in the show notes of your podcast player. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Dancing, the number four, diabetes.com. All right, no more ads, lots of show left. Let's get back to Alex. He's going to, I'll tell you, by the end, I'm just like, this kid, I love him. What do you say?
1: uh so i knew you're gonna ask this and it's always the question um let's cover it first
0: your mom's a lovely person and she loves you she's a really good parent how old were you the first time you got high
1: well i had smoked with my uh, stepbrother when i was in third grade okay does that make you
0: eight or nine
1: something like that yeah i don't know i just know i was in third grade because i went back to school on monday and i was like you know
0: I'm I a man recall, now.
1: <laughs> well, basically, like my parents were having a party, and my stepbrother isn't the best influence. You know what I mean?
0: I took that and from what you just said. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he uh he was like about to leave like the party, and normally like he would stay for him because he likes to party, but he was leaving, and I'm like, David, let me come with you, and just followed him out of the house and walked across the street. We lived right across the street from the school that I went to. My mom always wanted to be close. Uh, in case I needed something at the school, she would always be like literally a walking distance, from not like the school to the house. Okay. We walked across the streets to the school, went to the lunch yard, and he was smoking and just handed it to me. And uh, I smoked. I hadn't, you know, it was just one time, one puff or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, didn't smoke again till like freshman year. And ever since freshman year, just every day if I can.
0: Do you have a recollection of it when you were nine, that one puff?
1: Uh, I remember everything up to it. But after it wasn't <laughs> fair... too, uh, I, no, nothing really after it. Too clear? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So, and then back to your freshman year, that makes you about 14, right? Uh, yeah, 14, 15, okay. yeah. So, um, my first question, I guess, is what do we call it? Like, am I good with saying smoking weed or do I sound ridiculous? No, smoking weed, smoking pot. I mean, that works. I, I call it pot, yeah, weed. I mean, okay. Yeah. All right. And you're in California? Yes, yes. And is it? Have you traveled much? Is there a lot of truth to the idea that the that the pot in marijuana in uh the pot marijuana the pot in California is at a different level, power wise?
1: Yes, without a doubt. I uh I got some weed when I was in Indiana. I've got some weed in New York. Got some weed in Georgia, um, and Tennessee. I got some. Yeah, none of it. None of it was really hitting like that. I Mm -hmm. mean, if basically. You want some good weed in any of those other locations? You just got to pay more. You know okay. what I mean? Like, cause they'll we have uh, like exports to mm-hmm. California. You know what I mean? Like on the the black market, I guess you could say, like sending it out to wherever you need it. They'll get it to you. It's just how much you're willing to pay and how much risk you're willing to pay for that. high.
2: for it to get there. Um, yeah. But
1: yeah, I we definitely have it an easier and it's easier to get it out here. Like, I can have weed in the time that this podcast takes. I can have weed delivered to me. Like I don't even have to leave the house and I can literally st- open up another tab, order it and continue doing this. Like I don't have to try to get it. You know what I mean? Like
0: Uber smokes, something yeah, exactly. like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Except we have, not through Uber. We have a yeah. thing that's called weed maps and you, there's businesses on there that you can just call or they have online menus and stuff. It's super easy.
0: See, cell phones are important. Um, okay. So tell me this yeah. because I really don't understand. I, I have no, I have no context at all. Mm. Do you smoke for pleasure, for medical reasons, for both, for one, or the other? Like what's your main like when you think about like I'm going to smoke now? It's to do what? Are you trying to like what are you trying to accomplish, I guess?
1: Uh same thing people do when they drink. I mean, I'm not a drinker. Mm-hmm. For me, I've never been one to drink uh and I enjoy it to like calm down or enjoy myself. But I'll tell you on like a medical standpoint, when I'm high, like my blood sugar is high, mm-hmm. and I smoke, the blood sugar being high is less. You know what I mean? It's not as demanding on me. Like for me, the when I'm high, my blood or my body just doesn't feel good. You know what I mean? It's tight, right? It's just like you're treading water. Um but weed, it just kind of—I can focus on something else. I can do something else.
2: Gotcha. You know what I mean? I'm
1: not having to only focus on my high blood sugar. And there was a time where I was recreational, like, recreationally doing it and enjoying it, abusing it—you could say, like, there, like, when I was younger in high school and past that, I used to smoke blunts, like one after another. 15, 20 in a sitting, Pop mm-hmm. box, my car, like five, six blunts in, open the door and just billowing smoke. And it was a good time, you know, like I really enjoyed it, never thought anything of it until like the abuse portion came into play when I was probably like two or three years ago. I, uh, I was smoking blunts, you know, consistently just killing them. It was backwoods particularly. I had smoke swishers before that, but backwoods were, the the thing Mm -hmm. that i was really into and they take like they're good but i uh i kept throwing up and i didn't understand why it wasn't necessarily after the blunt it was more in the morning like consistently every morning throwing up and didn't understand it didn't understand it my doctor was like oh you have hyperemesis and i'm like i don't think so yada yada and long story short it wasn't the weed it was the blunts it was the tobacco usage that was making me just not have a good morning and uh
0: well, I had doing, to cut back. What you're doing there, if I'm understanding right, is you're buying basically like an inexpensive cigar that might be sold at like a convenience store. You're splitting it, packing it with weed, and smoking it, right? Yes, sir. Yeah.
1: Well, see, the the backwoods, uh, you don't split them. You mm-hmm. want to roll them, but yeah.
0: And so, but you're getting that tobacco from what we're you know I'm going to call like a cheaper cigar yeah. that's probably not meant to be inhaled yeah. to begin with. It's pro- No, it's, it's no more definitely than... not meant to be inhaled. Yeah, right. So you're, you know... And how old it's were you when you were
1: doing kids. that? Yes, uh, I mean any like freshman year till like a year or two ago.
0: Alex, you have the constitution of a horse. That's a, 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 I I can't even imagine me smoking just one of those cigars as a small child and not just turning green and falling over. Um, that's that's something else. Okay, so okay, so I was
1: uh, like, yeah, the environment that I was in, and like it it was. It was what's what's you know what I mean. This is what's gonna happen. Yeah. Like I, didn't, I wasn't gonna drink, so like when we're at parties or something, like kicking it, like at in high school, mm-hmm. I'm not a drinker. I was always the so, like quote unquote sober one that was gonna drive home. So I feel like with when I smoke a blunt at the party, whatever, kick it, like you know what I mean. People rolling up for me, and you know we're hanging out, and then it's time to go. I'm not gonna be the one that's crazy. I'm gonna be more level headed, and being that I have diabetes as well, alcohol. Like the woman said on the after dark one, the uh alcohol you gotta kinda prepare for that an hour, two hours like from now. You know what I mean? Like how is that gonna affect me in the future with the weed? It's you know, I'm gonna be the same. Like it's not gonna change my alter my mind to the point where I'm incapacitated. Mm -hmm. You know what I I mean? I've have I have drank alcohol like four times, five times on a like five times where it affected me negatively. And I just wasn't into it, you know what I mean? Like that's
0: you're not a drinker,
1: yeah, just not a drinker, yeah. and I'm not trying to like say this or this one's better than that one. But uh, what's the per- difference
0: in your in your perspective? What's the difference between the high you get from drinking and the high you get from smoking?
1: Um, the first two drinks aren't bad, you know what I mean? The first two drinks you're chilling. Like I remember I was in Vegas one time with like some friends, and I had three Bud Light Platinums, and I was chilling. You Know what I mean? Like, it was good. I was having a good time. Everyone was smiling. We're all, you know, turning up. And, uh, the homie came up to me with another Bud Light Platinum that was already open. And it was like a glass bottle. So you had, if as soon as it opened, you can't, like, reseal it. Yeah. So I, uh, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take one. And then four turned into two more. So I was six in and I was just, you know what I mean? Obliterated. And most people that drink, like, they build a tolerance. And six beers really isn't much. But they, uh, someone that, doesn't have a tolerance it really messed me up and i didn't take care of my diabetes and my friends it was like the morning time and they uh came into my room and were like yo let's go let's go get some food and i wasn't there and like my friend came into like came up close on me was trying to get me to wake up like shaking me and stuff wasn't reacting and he like pops open my eyes like grabs my eyelids and tries to look at him he said they were just black like black like my pupils weren't they were overly sized and so he knew something was wrong so uh basically he was looking for my keys found them bogeyed me to the hospital and it was uh addison addison's crisis with the low blood sugar it was just i mean a whole situation yeah and And was was... that
0: masked by the drinking so you couldn't tell it was happening right exactly exactly and i was already like quote-unquote drunk so i was i passed out
1: didn't wasn't thinking about that you know what i mean like and i was too incoherent to push through it and solve the issues with my my weed no matter how much i smoke like 15 16 blunts in i'm still able to look at my pump and be coherent and be like oh i'm high or oh i'm low like let's do something about this and even but even then with that being said like there's been parties that i've been at like i remember this one time i got off of work and I've been working since I was 15
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh got off of work I've always had money so I had a car so I'm going over to that party up over in Koto, which is like maybe 15-20 minutes from the house and I remember pulling into the driveway going into the house and that's it but I guess what I did was I went into the house I changed got back in my car drove over to Koto, pulled up on the homies I was like yo meet me outside I'm pulling up and when I when the homies came outside i uh i guess i was ready to fight them like i was trying to fight them like being real aggressive and i'm i'm naturally not an aggressive person so they're like what's going on here um and i was like i was not properly like my wording was all slurred it was really terrible and they uh they knew something was up i've been my like i've known him for a good good while and at the time they basically shoved me back in the car in the passenger seat they drove to the hospital and uh you know, mm-hmm. got me what I needed. But I have no recollection of that, like at all. They ran red lights. They were really like on their way to the hospital in a, you know, a standard car. And I, I, I've i always told them, like, if I'm in like a weird, weird mindset or whatever, run the red lights. Like and if a cop pulls you over, don't pull over. Just keep go to the hospital and handle it when you get there. And I'll help you out when I get my mindset back or whatever, because
0: it's that my dangerous. life
1: is important and i'm sure the cop will understand
0: i hope when you're high no anger no feeling like you want to fight people you're able to take care of your blood sugar i mean you just said earlier I mean, you're a person who's yeah. just recently decided like i'm going to take i'm going to take really good care of my diabetes you have a six and a half a1c which is an amazing obviously improvement over what you had you have yeah. you, you have no trouble taking care of it when you're smoking
1: nope and nope not at all i mean i I smoke much less now, like I smoke a bong and it's, you know what I mean? Maybe a point one point five and a bowl. It's a big bowl piece, but, uh, yeah, no, nothing at all. And like the only time where it could be an issue is like the, the time after you smoke, mm-hmm. like the munchies that, you know, people talk about, uh, for me, I try to like, I'll smoke, 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 smoke throughout the night or whatever. And then I'll allocate like, okay, this is time to eat around like dinner time or whatever time I feel, but I don't try to just eat munching. You know what i mean just consistently munching try to find a meal I, yeah like I'll, I'll allocate it for i've smoked this much it's time to eat now or like if i am trying to snack while smoking or whatever lettuce mm-hmm. you know what i mean like celery the stuff that isn't carby um but i being that i'm trying like a new i'm trying to be healthier diabetic i didn't know that carrots had sugar
0: in them or like carbs
1: in them and i uh, uh, you were
0: munching eaten, carrots and all yeah. bowl thing yeah
1: yeah, and it was terrible. I was like, carrots, really? Like, I was trying to be a good person.
0: <laughs> I didn't know that carrots could get you like that. Yeah, carrots are good for you. You just need a little insulin for them. But so you figure it out and you do it next time. It, it'll be less yeah, exactly. It'll be less insulin than something, you know, that's really heavy with carbs.
1: Yeah, no, it's... But I, uh, being... Like, I never used to care about diabetes. When I say that, like, never used to care. And, like, I mean, I would care, but it was... If I wanted sushi, I was gonna eat sushi. Like I got my first pump when I was in fifth grade, and it felt like I had, the gates were open. You know what I mean? Like it felt like freedom. Because with the insulin needles and the multiple multiple daily in de- injections, you're kind of you have a like a tether to you. Mm-hmm. You always got to kind of go back to the home base. With the pump, I had three days where I could do whatever I wanted. I still never slept over. I was never into sleeping over because I. Enjoy the safety of my house, or I enjoyed the safety of my mom's house um but the yeah freedoms were endless, and i again I was abusing it, like I was just oh going doing whatever and uh not really focusing on what the negative impacts could be and when I got addison's, it was kind of the same thing, like through that, I'm just gonna live like i don't I don't need to let it hold me back, but there's a a fine line with that, you know what I mean.
0: Was there a deeper live. thought back then that you weren't going to live as long? So you were going to live like happily or was it not even that well thought out? Was it just that no, you, it you were No, it definitely
1: was. I, I always, I used to always say like, I have a shorter life inspe- expectancy than others. You know what I mean? Especially with these two diseases, like it could be, I could be gone tomorrow. But, um, if you like the law of attraction, I've recently like read the book and like been more positive about that is that, uh, Say it's gonna happen, it'll probably happen. So I I have to live as long as I can. You know what I mean, do whatever I can to live the best life. And what they there's like this saying that find what makes you happy and figure out how to make money doing it. Mm-hmm. And I've recently, or I've been car washing forever, but I love car washing. I love cleaning. And some people may not find that to be enjoyable, but I really love cleaning. Like it makes me feel good. Okay. And specifically car washing is uh really enjoyable for me everyone has a car. you know what I mean? most people have a car and uh
0: well, in California, it, they all seem to have one
1: yeah, exactly, but the uh like getting a little piece of everyone's car, being able to wash it, and I specifically love really dirty cars and you know it's just I love it and if I can do that once a day, you know nothing's that serious, and finding that being able to enjoy that and working in the diabetes around that my addison's disease around that because even car washing is really challenging with the diabetes or addison's like it's really fatiguing on the body Mm -hmm. and i used to only be able to do one car like one car and i was just pooped after yeah now i can do like this last weekend i did four cars i did three cars on a saturday and i started a clay bar on a friday night and then after the three cars on saturday i went back down to san diego and buffed and polished this one car spent 16 hours on it looks beautiful. And in the course of 24 hours, I did four
0: cars. You attribute that to your blood sugar being lower now that you're able to do more work?
1: Yep. Being more like on it. Like when I was down there, the, the homie that I was doing the work for, he bought me pizza and I, I love pizza, mm. but I ate my like two pieces or whatever. When I first started, I dosed for it. Everything was groovy. We we're working hard and my blood sugar started to go back down. So I ate one more piece, like kicked it for a little bit, see how it was yeah. like reacting to me. And then, you know what I mean? Like, took more patience with it rather than just binge eating and worrying with the aftermath. You know what I mean? For like for you. Yeah, baby steps. You know no, what? man, can't that's be.
0: exciting. It really is. Just trying to do
1: whatever I can. And being that I do smoke weed, people tend to have this negative connotation around marijuana usage. Like, people are lazy. People are bums or whatever. And realistically, it's your choice. You know right. what I mean? Same with the diabetes. Like, you can... And not be a responsible diabetic or whatever, quote unquote. But as long as you're doing your baseline stuff, you can always throw in a little bit more, throw in a little bit more
0: energy or whatever. Do you think you could take the, the concept that I'm high, so I'm lazy and will yourself to be lazy a little bit? Because I'm thinking about, these are famous people who have jobs that yeah. aren't washing cars, but some of the really productive people in Hollywood are out about their smoking. Um, Kevin Smith, um, yeah. Joe Rogan, um, uh, Seth Rogan, maybe if maybe there's everybody named Rogan high and you know, like, like seriously, like those guys are, they're prolific. Like really mm-hmm. like Joe Rogan is putting out what is probably the most popular podcast in the world and, and, without a doubt. and he does it every day. And if you go listen to it, these are, you know, they're cogent conversations. You might disagree with some of his perspective, but he's not mumbling through a two hour podcast going, Hey man, okay. you know what I mean? Like he's, he's yeah. listening to people talk. He's involved in every conversation and he's going, I mean, I don't smoke, but I don't think I have a qualm about it. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know what I mean? Like I don't listen to you and think, Oh, Alex shouldn't do this. Like you just described to me a life that you seem pretty happy in, where you're taking care of your health, you're, you know, take getting yourself some money, you're doing something mm-hmm. you enjoy I don't know how to, I don't know how to make a problem with what you just said. Right. You know what I mean?
1: No, I definitely agree. And I've tried to, uh, try to folk like, uh, get other people to understand, like believe that and understand that. And you're right. Like these being that it's more public now, it's legal. People can talk about it. I think that that's the first step, but like, even with this, like I have, I do my car washing. That's my personal thing, but I have a nine to five, like Monday through Friday, like an office job right? and we just got actually bought out by another company that's based out of florida and florida it's not as legal as it is in california and they they follow the federal guidelines or whatever so to them they're you're not supposed to be high at work or you're not like right. the coverage is 50 nanograms and i asked the hr person i was like how do i measure how much 50 nanograms is because for alcohol it's 0.08 like if you come in to work with a alcohol level of above 0.08 getting fired sent home yeah Yeah, yeah. but I can't measure 50 nanograms Mm -hmm. or nanometers or whatever it is I've never heard of it before so
0: I wouldn't know how to measure it
1: yeah well I'm they've been trying to get better with it and like actually have specifications on what your limit is
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but from what I understand about 50 nanograms whatever is that uh, I smoke once like if I smoke once and I haven't smoked at all in the 365 days if I smoke once in this month, it'll be 30 days before my weed number, yeah, is yeah. below 50 nanograms or na- nanometers or whatever. It's, uh, you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. hard to judge it or to have like a limit on it in like the business world and be, like it be on the same level as everyone else. Right. And that's the part that I think is kind of a bummer. But as far as medically, you know what I mean? Like it's making big strides. Like huge strides and i'm not trying to be like a weed for everyone advocate or whatever but it it's nice to be able to relax and ponder your mind and i think some people are like afraid of it you know what i mean afraid to like see what's in there what what could come up they don't get high or whatever but for me like being that i've had to deal with the diabetes the addisons for literally like my whole life and it Addison's at 15. Like that was my freshman year in high school. That's supposed to be like a big time in your life, right? And I was focusing on a disease. Yeah. The the weed kind of you're allowed to venture in your head, like sit down and just be you for a little while. And like I I I kind of enjoy being in my head. Mm -hmm. Not not sometimes it can get a little dangerous, but I enjoy kind of pondering around in there. Especially like I read this uh, book by David Goggins, and it. Yeah, he's like a beast. Like this guy, David Goggins, is nothing to play around with. And it it was super inspirational. Like everything is like got to go. Like there's nothing that's gonna hold you back. Nothing like the sixty percent rule or forty percent rule, whatever he has. Like when you think you're done, like you're gonna quit, you're tired of it, you still have like forty percent left in the tank or like sixty percent left in the tank that you haven't even tried to use. Mm -hmm. Like you, there's still more that you can do, and when I feel like I'm weak, I'm tired, I'm not like when I'm high or I'm low, and I'm just like giving up you got you can do more, yeah, and that's why I do my nine to five work and then I do my car washing after like go hard, like this isn't no disease is gonna hold me back like i gotta i gotta get my money and I'm gonna be successful in something, and these diseases are very challenging, don't get me wrong yeah like they they can be very very difficult. But as long as you have the right mindset, I think mindset is a big thing right now. And like mental health is a big thing. Taking that time to focus on yourself and these last two years of my life have really been about that. Like I don't hang out with anyone if I don't need to. You know what I mean? I'm really about me and i uh not letting anything get
0: in the way of it. How is it dating when you smoke? Do you have to meet somebody who also does or is, does that make you incompatible if you don't?
1: Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to have anyone that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I for, for me, I like people that are, that can talk to me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They can really have a good conversation. I don't need weed to do that. I just enjoy weed. Um, but I don't like, no, it's not a requirement for me at all. I'll just have a conversation. If I can have a conversation with anyone and have a good one and feel good about it, that's a winner to me.
0: What about, um, I don't know how, I'm not sure how to ask this. The, um, is the, is the pot to you, is it because of anxiety and pressure and stress in your life? Like there's a, like, do you know what I mean? Like there's something makes you that, like that, like you're not getting to that place, like being in your own head without the, without the pot, which is, I don't think a problem. But so can you not get to that place without it?
1: Um, if I don't smoke, it's like a frantic
0: like my, I I am
1: very analytical. My brain is running all the time, mm-hmm. so it allows me to uh, kind of slow down, grab things, and be more focused on like hyper focus on those things. Right. But uh, I are I don't need the weed for that. But I think that it does help me, and it's also a coping mechanism. Like I said, like when people drink, yeah, I smoke. Like it's just the same. You wind down at the end of the night or whatever, and you enjoy time. You know what I mean? Like watching TV is easier after like a bowl or like a blunt or something because you're you're able to just move everything that's in your
0: head. It out goes and you just, make it go away and then you can just yeah. exist for a little while. And I
1: don't when I say like get it out, I'm not saying like completely ignore it. Like right now I'm about to buy a truck for my car washing uh and I need all the like the stuff to go in the back of it to make it like car washing worthy. When I'm not high, like I can do those things. I'm gonna buy this truck today high, like not high but when i it's i'm easily like overwhelmed like it's a lot to have to deal with that like got overhead now but when i smoke i can okay chill let's relax let's look at this from a you know what i mean calmer standpoint yeah. i'm able to make a list of all the things that i need you know get it more get it, it not not as the bigger picture just focus all right this is the stuff i need write a price for everything and get a goal set get the truck start hustling out of it and start knocking off these things on the list so it's less like when I'm like when I wake up in the morning and I don't smoke whatever I get my day started I still have the mentality of which I'm high if that makes sense like I'm still like okay calm calm. You kind of
0: start the day chilled when you you smoke and go to bed. You know who I imagine in my mind is is nodding along with you right now wondering where they can get weed are the people who get in bed at the end of the night and have to do something to make their brain stop running and some people just can't do that like yeah. you know and it's 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 difficult that, for some people.
1: Yeah, and that's a big thing with like diabetes is that we're always having to focus on something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's never really a time where we're just chilling.
0: Yeah, and if you're and, a person who can't let go, then that's yeah. that's constant, that's a constant pressure on your system too. I I'll tell you a story that maybe you don't know. So the the film director Kevin Smith, he had a heart attack maybe 2 years ago. Yeah, I heard it on the podcast. Right, and he had what they considered to be like a widow maker, like it it kills like something like 98% of people, like a complete blockage. But he described that while he was going through the heart attack, he was so baked that he couldn't get upset. And so he didn't freak out. He didn't panic. He said, actually, when he thought about it, he started going through his life and he thought, I've had a pretty good life. This seems fair if I die now. So he was that relaxed and they got him to the hospital, performed a surgery and, you know, he's fine. But the doctor later told him, you probably made it through the heart attack because of how high you are, which is such a crazy thing to say to a person. But he was just like, you didn't appear to have any ability to be upset and make it worse. So you could kind of live at this baseline block with this base, this blockage until we could get it out for you. It's very, it's crazy. I mean, it's a very unscientific answer, obviously, but that's, that's, I mean, probably a testament to it. Do you, um, do you, take weed in any other way? Do you do edibles or vape or, or do you prefer to smoke and do do you worry about smoking?
1: Um, I have done the edibles. I've baked them myself. I've bought them. Um, I've vaped, um, I've dabbed. Um, I, uh, I'm not worried about the smoke per se. Mm -hmm. Um, although any smoke in your lungs is not good smoke you know what i mean anything you're putting in there like even if people say it's clean we yeah. can't kill you or whatever it's still smoke in your lungs you know what i mean that's still going to cause damage in some way or another um but i'm not too worried about it i've been at it for a while now um and the bad, the worst thing for you i would say like cuz blunts like amongst the weed community weed uh, society whatever is uh they're really popular. You know what I mean? People are smoking backwards, left and right, and amongst my friends, like all of them smoke backwards. And I, I'll smoke one with them, but if I can choose not to, or if I can, you know what I mean, just hit a bowl or something, I'm gonna do that. I would love to do that. But in a social environment, you got five or six people all trying to smoke. The blunt is just—it's just, oh, a lot easier. It's more convenient, and you, you're not trying to pass a bong around. That's how bongs get broken. But uh, I'm not really scared of the smoke. No. Uh, although, although. The popcorn lung with the vaping and stuff—that's a little bit scary. Yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit scary. And I have—I just actually replaced my battery on for my cartridges, and and uh, I was smoking it kind of, kind of uh, steady there for a couple days, and my chest was hurting. I was like, man, I don't know if I. This Maybe isn't... I
0: shouldn't do this. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but the thing with the vaping, like the little handheld with the cartridges, it's so much more convenient. If you think about a bong, you got to break the weed up. You got to put it in the bong, and you got this big old foot-long beaker bottom that is now in front of you. you know yeah. what I mean? And as far as evidence goes, like if you're in a car or something, the bong is not the way to go. You know, and yeah. like the vape, the handheld, you can just tuck it, and you don't really have it. Or in like a public place like Vegas or like a public arena, more concealed. Or in like a restaurant, concealed. So it's kind of like per the situation but, uh, okay.
0: yeah. Hey, listen, what I've learned from this is blunt save bongs. And I think that would make an amazing t-shirt. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it's, it's more like the personal preference. Like some people just can't smoke blunts. Like I've heard stories where someone hit a blunt and their whole mind got messed up and they're never trying to smoke weed again, like off of one blunt because they just, their, their chest couldn't take it. And I think it's, you got to build a got to build like a tolerance to it or not a tolerance, but like a, and a get used to it. You know what I mean? Cause it's sometimes it's a little tough, but they have joints, they have the papers and stuff. That's yeah. probably like the more natural way to smoke it. But the lighter being filled with butane, that butane's you're inhaling some of that. So it's kind of like a give and a take, but yeah, I don't think I'm afraid of it. Cause if I was, I probably wouldn't be smoking.
0: Mm. What about um, other drugs? Do you have, do you use any other drugs or is, um, is we, kind of where you live.
1: Uh weed is the only one that I do. Um you know, when I was a kid, uh in high school, I was again like really a lot of like mental stuff, like I was I, I have a lot going on in my head. And the school actually told me take Xanax and Adderall. Like they really recommended that. They had a meeting with my mom and all that. And I took them for 30 days and I was like, "Okay, like I'll do what you say." Like I've, I I Tend to be receptive, Mm -hmm. but if I don't like it, I will stand up and say no. So I did the thirty-day script. I filled the script and didn't take the second round because it just wasn't. I didn't enjoy it. Like I'd already smoked, and I felt like the Adderall and the the Xanax were cool, but if I'm gonna be in like a box in my head, I might as well be smoking weed. You know what I mean? Because it was like an artificial box that they created, and I just really didn't like it. So I sold the other sixty pills or whatever. The six, the thirty Xanax and the thirty. Adderall and just never touch them again. And that was right before, like, I don't know if you're aware of these two drugs, but Adderall and Xanax are pretty popular. You know what I mean? Like people use those things and I just, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather be a self-created box. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to smoke weed, I can stop at any time. Like there's nothing that's, and some people are really addicted to these Xanaxes and all these street drugs. And I've seen it, like cocaine. You know what I mean? I've seen all those things in the, like, while amongst the, my peers, and it's just not, not cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you made weed. me wonder.
0: You made me wonder how many people are walking around with a, a Xanax prescription who would say that you know people shouldn't smoke weed. Do you know? Well, what
1: I mean? and the thing, like, that's what I was kind of, I was gonna gonna yeah. hope to talk about with the pumps and stuff, like, not just because I don't like the Medtronic six seventy or whatever doesn't mean that someone else can't love it. Right. You know what I mean? Of course. And some if that pill works for you, great. But at the end of the day, if you're dependent on something, like that's gonna tether you back. Like you're not able to see the world if you're on a 30 day script. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and that's one of the bummers about these pumps and like stuff like that is you're you're tethered. You know what I mean? Like you you had a conversation with someone on on your podcast that like a world traveler. She was going everywhere. Um I think it was like a Everest lady. I, I know the Everest lady had to like prepare for it, but the woman in India maybe, yep. but like all these people have to like, if they're in a different country, they have to now figure out their supply chain to get those drugs. You know what I mean? Like not drugs, but just prescriptions. Like right, yeah. all these, all these things require like a postal address. And if you're always moving, you can't get those things and you got to stack up. you got to really prepare for that trip. And I think that when you're, addicted to something whether that's alcohol or pills cuz that's really the thing is most of these drugs aren't supposed to be like long term use other than like insulin or something like that but Xanax right. is supposed to help you for the time being and you're supposed to wean yourself off of it and i think that that's the toughest thing for people is to get themselves off of it but i also grew up like i said my brother smoked with me when i was in 3rd grade it's uh he had a problem you know what i mean like he's an alcoholic still has a problem with it and both of my parents are, quote unquote, like alcoholics. They're both functioning. You know what I mean? They both work. Yeah. They both love it. But as soon as five o'clock hits and they're both not working, they're quick to open a beer, quick to crack a bottle of wine. No right. judgment here. Right. But it's like I can't do that for myself. And when I see other people doing it, I don't want to be
0: around them. And that's uh, with the pills too. When you when you don't have pot in your system, does it yeah. bother you or are you in charge of the next time you smoke?
1: um i'm not like it doesn't bother me no like i can like i went down i went on a cruise in the caribbean or whatever it was like seven days and i didn't smoke the entire seven days although i got weed on one of the islands i uh i didn't even smoke it you know what i mean like i i got it sorry my blood sugar's is because it's high um but i got the weed and i was in the van and i was just like do i want to smoke this you know what I mean, like it's been probably like it was probably like five days at that point, right? I was like, I'm not gonna smoke some dirt weed from an island that they probably imported this weed here. Like, I'm just gonna wait till I get home and get some real weed because this it was all like brown and it wasn't really like the best looking tree. Yeah. I mean, the guy did me a, a solid and got it for me, but wasn't really what
0: you were looking for, yeah.
1: And, yeah and, I mean, and
0: because it wasn't quality, you just didn't bother doing it. It's not like you, yeah. feel, you didn't yeah. feel like oh, you're Jones and you have to. I, the reason I ask is I just was on a plane the other day. And my seatmate got on the plane, sat down, was felt nervous to me, got up, mm-hmm. ran to the bathroom, came back, was nervous, tapping his feet, tapping his feet. Then he would kind of interlocked his hands and started rubbing his wrists <sighs> with his fingers. And he just I'm like, whatever this guy needs, I hope somebody gets it for him soon, you know? And then the cart came down, and he bought a can of tomato juice and two bottles of vodka. He knocked it back real quick. His legs stopped tapping. He wasn't grabbing at himself anymore and he was okay. He, he was in trouble looking for alcohol, yeah. you, you know? And so I think that people, you know, and I don't know why, listen, Alex, let me tell you the truth. I have a son who's a sophomore in college. I have a daughter who's a sophomore in high school. Mm. I do not want them to smoke. I oh, have really? directed them throughout their lives not to do it. And if I found out they did it, I think I'd be upset oh. <laughs> and wow. I don't know why so let me say this go ahead
1: and like i don't have any kids i'm 26 and i'm not looking to have any kids anytime soon i yeah. mean i would love to like don't get me wrong but i'm trying to get i'm trying to get some life experience of um, course but uh i think like when i when i first smoked with my brother he i smoked and he he said to me do you know what you smoked and i was like no, I just smoked it because he smoked say, it. I was going
0: to say, I said, no, I'm nine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he said, don't ever smoke something that you don't know. Like, ask the person or look at it yourself. Determine what is in that that you're smoking. And he went on, I think he told me a story or something, but I remember that little chunk. That's the only thing that I took from that situation. Trying to
0: give you a lesson. Yeah,
1: and I think that the, even if you don't smoke your whole life or whatever, smoking once, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All, like, knock on wood probably isn't going to kill you. You know what I mean? Try it, see how you like it, but I'm not saying go take a line of Coke or, you know what I mean? Right. But I think people should venture out and try new things. If they don't like it, great, but
0: like, you're. I have no objection kind of, to it whatsoever. None. Like I don't, even as you say that I, I, you know, I don't think, I think I said on the drinking episode that I saw Snoop Dogg and Joe Rogan on the Howard Stern show and yeah. they were like an advertisement for smoking i was like these guys yeah. make this seem like a great idea and mm-hmm. uh, and they looked listen they seemed fine to me now having said that i can't imagine a day where i was always doing something like that i have to be honest with you i have a hard time remembering to drink water throughout the day i don't know that i could remember to smoke and like even or- i that, i think it's similar reason I mean, I, I'm not a cigarette smoker, but even the idea of giving the way the time to it seems odd, odd to me. But then as Maya pointed out in the drinking episode, I'm not a person who has a trouble relaxing. So I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not looking for – like that thing you describe about getting in your own head, I can do that whenever I need to. Oh, really? Right. So I don't have that barrier. If I had that barrier, yeah. I, can I can 100% think that this would make a lot of sense for me if I was that person. But yeah, I can stop and shoo things away. I don't have trouble going to sleep. I'm not stressed out or nervous, like those kinds of things. Like some, some fairly bad stuff has happened to me in my life. And maybe I've just trained myself not to freak out or maybe I just got lucky. I don't know. But did
1: you, they talk about compartmentalization, mm-hmm. like stuffing it so low to where you never, it never comes up in your daily life. Nothing triggers it. But when you start to, like if you smoke or do some mushrooms, I haven't, so I've, drugs that I've ever taken. I've I've done the Xanax, I've done the Adderall, I've smoked some weed, I've done two lines of Coke, and that's like that's my what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um with that, when you do those things, like like and I was start like you dig into yourself. You figure out what's there, what's not, and I think that some people have this like defense mechanism where they just compartmentalize it. Like my mom is very much that way. She doesn't, doesn't like to talk about stuff. Or and if she does, it's more stuff that she'll She's willing to talk about it. And if it goes too far, she just cuts it off. But, um, being open to those things, I think makes people better and they're not like scared about it or scared about their past. Like, yeah. Uh, but the, I, Joe Rogan has talked about like the smoking before, like a certain age because you're more developed. You know what I mean? Smoking before, I think 26 is not good for you Mm -hmm. being that you're not fully developed and it starts altering your development stages or whatever. Yes. Um, and I, I wish I had heard that when I was super young so that I did, like I was smarter than my brother and didn't let him influence me. And then also when I was a freshman in high school, like not to do those things, focus on school more because in school, I, uh, I, I wasn't the best student and I, I was a good student. Like I did my work and stuff, but when it, when there was a the time to raise my hand or ask a question. I did it every single time. Like I wanted to talk and I wanted to be the center of attention. Now looking back on it, maybe that wasn't the best thing to do. You know what I mean? But the, Do you uh, think you
0: were too mellow to focus on school? Like don't no, you think I, some things in life need a little anxiety? Like the, yeah. the idea like I got to get this done or something's going to go wrong for me?
1: Yeah. I mean I was never too stressed about school itself. Like I didn't care. Like I cared about school. But I was more of like like if I, like, I don't, I had a limit of questions in classes. Like yeah. I only, I was allowed to ask three questions in a classroom because I'd asked like 50 in a class and the teacher started getting upset and didn't, didn't want me to ask questions anymore. Like I was very involved. Mm-hmm. Like I had overly participation points to so, to the point where she was like, Alex, let I, somebody
0: else answer a question. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And it wasn't like, I, w- I would wait. Like if anyone else was going to answer, no one did. So I was like, all right, boom, I'll answer like I was very focused on the class, but um, that was looked at as a negative. But also, like I was also that person in the school. Like there was one time we had a hour and a half classroom, like classroom session. We had a break right after, about to go into another hour and a half. We did block periods. Mm-hmm. Um, I went out. I got my got my food at the break food dispensary thing or whatever, and I went down to sit at the tables. And the janitor guy was spraying off the tables, clean them. And I'm like, you couldn't have done this an hour and a half ago? Like, we had a whole time where no one was out here. You choose to wash down the tables right now? And he didn't, like, Like yeah, just spraying them down. So I sat at the end of the tables that he was spraying, and I was eating. And I'm like, spray me. Like, go ahead. If you have $10,000 in your pocket to pay for a new pump. That was when pumps weren't waterproof yet. (laughs) (laughs) Like And I, I held my shirt up with my pump in my hand. I was like, spray me. Go for it, please. And it created a crowd of people around me. I got in trouble for that because he wanted to spray down the tables and had no problem spraying me. He did get me wet. And you know what I mean? Like I'm that type of person to where if I think something's wrong, I don't have any problem standing up for it. And I, I did that in the classrooms as well. And teachers didn't really like that because I would read ahead. And if the teacher made a mistake, I would challenge her on her mistake and see how she responded. It was always like a test for the teachers. And it is what it is. But looking back on it, I I wish I would have just stayed below the radar. You know what I mean? Because being that I was like really upfront, they didn't really like that. But I, I had an incident, like it was before cell phones. Like actually we had cell phones in high school, but I was dosing on my pump or like looking at something on my pump. And the teacher walked by trying to be real slick and grabbed the pump out of my hands and like walked. Like she grabbed it and kept walking. And I was like, obviously I'm attached to the pump. So right. I kept following her. Because I didn't want her to rip it out of me, and like, why are you following? Like, why are you following me? And I was like, look, it's attached to me. Like, oh, I'm sorry, and I still got in trouble for that. <laughs> like, it was just ridiculous. And I was at a brand new school. Right. We were the only class at that school. We were we were the first freshman year, the first sophomore year, like, and so on. We had classes below us, but we never had one above us. And we were kind of the guinea pigs for that at school mm-hmm. and they just and i was very direct like with that incident when the teacher pulled the pump out of my hands she she got an earful you know what i mean like i'm going to defend myself at all costs but once i once i got older like it was i'm not ruling. Really, like i just got a car washing ticket for car washing in the street shook the dude's hand told him thank you you know what i mean like
0: you're getting older man hey listen you're maturing yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: and that's that's a big thing but. I also think though like with the schools the the 504 plans and things like that like yeah. those are
0: really important because yeah, because people understand cuz that woman would have known she couldn't have grabbed your insulin pump.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like the education is very important and not to discriminate for a kid because even when I was 15, 16 like in high school they uh they shouldn't like say I baz out at a teacher, yell at her, whatever. The first thing shouldn't be like, okay, you're suspended, you're this, go to the principal's office. It should be, what's your blood sugar at? You know what I mean? Like, what's right. your blood sugar at? Do you have anything, like, did you take your pills? It's more like real questions that aren't just immediately like you're in trouble. Like it shouldn't, it should never immediately be like that. Like, let's figure out some baseline stuff. Where are you at? And then determine, was this a, a normal Alex type situation or was it just yeah. you were high or you were low? You were frustrated about this. Like, because I think that the. The school system, being that it's kind of like under budgeted or whatever, the teachers think that they just kind of breeze past certain situations. And I felt like that really affected my education
2: mm-hmm.
1: when I was younger, that I was always out of class. I was basically the last two years of high school, senior year, and I think junior year, is that the last two years? They yep. uh I, I went to Fresh Start. I taught myself school because uh at the end of sophomore year, they asked me like they told me you're either going to get expelled or you can go to fresh start, come to school like one day, one class a day. And it's an elective. So you don't have like any, because the English and math and all those stuff, I, it was too serious of a class. Like don't like, they were like oppressing me, telling me what to do and stuff. And I never liked that, but I'd freshman year or like the fresh start really gave me a freedom. And that allowed me to get a job like work and, really be a functioning member of society but the school system they didn't they don't allow freedom yeah they don't allow creativity they don't allow you to be you and i think that especially as a diabetic like and i'm not looking for special ed or anything like that but there should like there should be someone in your court
0: and understands that, and could yeah. could advocate for you maybe in a moment yeah. when you couldn't help yourself.
1: And I will say amongst my years in school, like my elementary school, I had a woman named Heidi in the health office. She had my back, but she also was a very strong woman. And she would call me out like, yo, that was your bad. Like, I can't defend you on that. You messed up. That's good. And like in middle school, is a woman named Romy, she like really loves Keith Urban. I'll never forget that. But she, uh, she had my back. She always had my back whenever she saw me in the... the the Office or whatever was like, "Hey, how you doing? whatever It was super cool, and when i high school, I had a woman like when I got addison's disease, they had to switch all the nurses in the district because I needed a uh registered nurse to be able to give me my like emergency injection okay and she had my back like she's the like I have medical alert bracelets, and she's the one that ordered the medical alert bracelets i didn't order them she ordered them and me to give her the money or whatever and like that's like how do you how can
0: somebody try to help you,
1: you can't ask that like yeah. that's like the best thing you can do
0: it's over and above and, they're doing more than they need yeah. to yeah
1: and she was a cool like person like i remember one time i had to do a drug test at school and i was like yo like i don't think i'm gonna pass he's like okay just kick it hang out here for a little while and do whatever you got to do like she wasn't stressing on it she was just letting me do my thing and mm-hmm. it was like the coolest thing and like I don't know, I just some people really stand out to you. Yeah, as in you those go. type of situations. Of course.
0: So I also Oh, I'm sorry,
1: the, go ahead. The last the uh, please most recent situation that really stood out to me for medical stuff was on my last like hypoglycemic episode. I had the EMT's paramedics like at at my house, whatever they were rolling me out. And um when you're coming off of a low, you're kinda like in and out of it, like rebuilding your consciousness, whatever. Um and I, like, I was getting pushed through my living room, and the guy, like, I kept throwing up. Like, that's what I do when I'm low. I, like, I just throw up. Uh, but this guy was like, "You've been through this before. Why aren't you being like, uh, like?" So I was like screaming. My head hurt so bad, and I was throwing up. He's like, stop, stop doing this. Like, just stop. Like, take, like, buckle your shit up right now, so that we can roll you into the bus, so you're not like throwing up on the stairs as we're taking you downstairs he was like really aggressive towards me and mind you like i was only my eyes were and ears were only awake for that little bit of second and i heard that and i like passed right back out and it really when i woke up i still remembered it so i was like oh this is important and that's what kind of got me on this healthiness was like that dude was really mad like he was upset that i was like like they had come in a matter of like four months the paramedics had come like four or five times it was when i was on my 670
0: but uh I've I've heard um, uh, someone I know is a paramedic in a place there where heroin is a big problem, and they go um, save people with Narcan all night long, like it's their whole job. And yeah. when he, and when he talks about it, he, you should just feel how sad he is when he when he talks about it. It's it's terrible. And it I, really is tough. Yeah. Like just to,
1: on my end, when I wake up and I see all these people's faces, they all have this like sour look on their face when they're watching someone potentially die. Like, they don't know if I'm going to live or not. Like, once they give me the dextrose, they can kind of assume that I'll be fine. But, you know, it, it it is tough. Like, and coming out of the, like, I've had multiple, multiple hypoglycemic episodes where I'm completely blacked out. I have no recollection. And I, when I, my first looks are these people's faces and they're all just intensely focused on you. And
0: I'm like, what happened? Even though I mean, it's their job, it's still impacting yeah. them, and it's hard for them. And but you're you're saying that since how long ago was that that you had that experience that made you think like I'm going to do better?
1: Uh, that one was a, exactly a year ago,
0: like and since December. then you're on a completely different path with your diabetes. Yes, sir. I uh,
1: completely different. Like like I said, I used to love sushi. I could eat a hundred dollars of sushi by myself, <laughs> and I would dose like four, like four, uh, like forty units of insulin to eat my. My sushi, and it was I love it. But there's no like what I've dumbed it down to in diabetes, is it as a diabetic? You have a carb allergy. You are allergic to carbohydrates. Like if you don't have your, your medicine, you know, yeah, yeah. If you don't have your insulin and stuff, yeah. you're gonna get messed up. So reduce your carb intake. Eat more protein. You know what I mean. Eat stuff that isn't gonna affect your blood sugar. Right.
0: And see how that works. You know what I mean. Well, absolutely. and I. Can I tell you I think you should try the Pro Tip series that's inside the podcast. They it starts at episode 210. It goes for it goes for about 10 or 11 episodes and it's it's management ideas broken down um in real like easy to understand conversations and I think you would uh, after listening to you I I think you would take a lot out of it. I think you okay. could I really think you'd be uh really would really benefit from it. Can I ask you a, a couple other questions about this past year before I let you go? Because I've got you longer than I told you I would. Oh, you're good, man. I'm just chilling. Thanks. Thanks. Um, So in this last year, and you've got your A1C the way you do, like I'm looking for best practices around smoking with diabetes. Like, is there anything, like you said, you don't really have to plan for anything. But you do think about like, when you get munchy later, but is there anything else that that is really helping you keep your blood sugar intact while you're smoking?
1: Um, well, I, removing the tobacco, I don't think that tobacco is good. If you don't have a tobacco, like if you smoke cigarettes, go for it, but, um, smoking clean, uh, preparing for it, like allocating some time. Um, if you, if it's like your first time, maybe smoke a little bit earlier in the day, you know what I mean? Um, and don't, As soon as you get that hunger fixed, don't, don't dig into it. You know what I mean? Wait until you're actually done smoking. You've smoked all the weed and then give yourself some time to eat and don't, don't eat the first thing that you see. You know what I mean? Like the first thing that comes to mind, don't eat that. Give a little bit more thought to it. You're not like some people uh, like allow themselves to get so high that they're just like spacey or whatever,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, you can still be like coherent enough to be like, oh, I shouldn't eat that. You know what I mean there's no amount of weed that's going to like destroy you to where you can't know what you're going to eat. Like same same stuff that, as if you were sober every day, you know what I mean? It's uh I don't yeah, I don't really prepare for it. I just do what I do. Uh best practices are getting some good weed. Don't get some poop weed, you know what I mean? Get mm-hmm. get some solid weed so that it's not like a a poop high. Um and you know uh yeah, I don't really cuz weed weed doesn't have any sugar in it. Like you could smoke endless amounts of weed and weed the weed directly isn't ever
0: going to increase your blood sugar. In fact, you said you know I mean? feel like it helps it be a little lower sometimes. Probably by I wouldn't, the-
1: I wouldn't say lower. It just manageable? when I'm high, it it's not the it oh, your blood sugar
0: is high, you don't feel the pain yeah. from it as much. Yeah,
1: cuz it's it's taking it away in some way. But I'll tell you the CBD stuff, yeah. like I've done drop the little droplets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Does I've never I doesn't really I don't really have a feel for it. You know what I mean? It Doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't do change it anyway. how I feel or anything? Um, but at the topicals C B D topicals, I really enjoy those after a car wash on my legs and my like feet and stuff. Really enjoy that. Because the C B D stuff, if you get a good milligram, it it kicks.
0: Yeah. Well, so what about the idea of being more relaxed, lowering your anxiety? And that might lower your your blood sh- your your yeah. insulin needs too. If that you're, could yeah. Okay.
1: That could be I had a uh uh maybe like three three years ago, three and a half years ago, I, um, I was like in a really sour place. You know what I mean? I was just really overwhelmed with life and everything. And I don't want to get too graphic, but I, I was just done. You know what I mean? Like I've had this stuff forever and I was, I was just done. So I gave my, I, I did hit the max bolus on my pump twice. Like I think it was like 50 units, took an Ambien and I was just ready to go to sleep and, uh, not wake up. And I enjoy weed, so I was like, oh, I'm going to hit a bowl and then pass out. Hit a bowl, and I was like, it totally changed my mindset immediately. And I was like, man, it's maybe not the best thing to be doing right now. Like, I, it totally, like, again, like I said, totally changed my mindset on everything. And I just start eating, you know what I mean? To overact that
0: 50 the units. 50 units. Wow, it just
1: calmed me back down. It brought me back to like a centered place to where I was able to. Like
0: live life again. Right. That's a fascinating. Okay. All right, Alex. I'm gonna ask you to do two things, right? Yeah. I'm gonna ask you at the end here to talk me into trying weed and oh. then and then talk me out of wanting to try weed. So start with talking me into it. Like why would I why should I try?
1: Um I've never talked to anyone in Dubai like to <laughs> Yeah, everybody you're with is
0: like, "Yo, here it is, let's go." Yeah, but, but, yeah. Um, but you're talking to a person who has no desire to do it, but doesn't see any problem with it either.
1: Uh, so the best thing I could say, if you want to like, do you drink?
0: No, not at all.
1: Oh wow. Um, I guess it would be like the best like coping me- mechanism. Like if you've had a long day or whatever, maybe not consistently, but for like a celebration or trying to try something new like on your next vacation mm-hmm. or something and you want to have a little bit of different feel maybe try some weed um what about my it, back hurts
0: would it would yeah. it
1: make that go away yeah i mean it's going to temporarily like while you're high you're not going to not going to be the main focus right. but when you're not high it's going to come back um i mean i it, it's your personal choice uh i wouldn't i wouldn't tell you to try it but if you were trying to try it you can come smoke You know what I mean? You can come to the crib, and I'll smoke with you. I think that's (laughs) one of the things. Like, if you're gonna be
0: a be with somebody I trust, maybe that can help me through it. That would understand it better.
1: Kind of need like a shaman. Like, kind of need someone to kind of like hold you back because if it climbs, like, there's been times where I haven't, like, when I I haven't smoked for a little while, and I smoked again. You smoke, and you're like, okay, it hasn't hit me yet. I'm gonna smoke again. But it's like getting it's itself much. there, so it's where they both—that's like the stacking topic. insulin.
0: You can stack yeah. weed. You're telling me,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. If you, right. if you're like you have no tolerance or whatever, but if you have a
0: tolerance, then you, you can, can smoke. Stack and, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. But um, I don't. I I I feel weird trying to convince you to smoke. You no, know what I mean, I, I didn't
0: think you were going to. I just wanted to see what yeah. you would say.
1: That, well, that... I I will say that I can provide a safe place for you to smoke, and you know what I mean. Real calm. You Got a lovely view. And that's, you know what I mean? The best thing I can do. But I think it's, you can't abuse it. That's the biggest thing. And this is like kind of the going into me talking you out of it. Right. If you do want to smoke, great, do your thing. But when you find yourself at 35 years old and you've been smoking since you were, you know, 15 or whatever, and you haven't done shit with your life, that's the time where it's time to sober up. You know what I mean? That's the time where it's, you got to make the choice. Like, what what is it for me that I'm not doing my best, you know what I mean? Like,
2: yeah. looking
1: into yourself and saying, is this really the best for me? Can I be better without this? You know what I mean? Or is our blunts not good for me? Maybe I do Do I got to try the bong? Not being so set in your ways to where everything is for sure. Do you, you know you, what I mean?
0: Like, that's do you see a time thing. when you don't smoke anymore?
1: Uh, you know, I've always said that, that I will always like so- smoke in some form or another. But recently, you know, like I've smoked less and less, just because I haven't had time to, or I get home and I'm so tired, I just hit one bowl and I'm just like out. Go to bed. But um, I, I'm sure there's a time where I like kind of slow down, or I might get like when I'm 50 or something, might get super into it. You know what I mean? Like it's
0: might just start up again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I I would love to be able to smoke forever, and I don't necessarily get lazy. Like when I was down in san diego polishing and buffing this car i was smoking the entire time Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it doesn't make me less than it just uh sometimes it's kind of a deterrent like you were talking about with like relationships and stuff
2: yeah
1: maybe that girl doesn't want me to smoke so i'll give it up for her i don't care you know what i mean yeah and i've been in a relationship where the girl wasn't like she was down like we would smoke together and stuff but it wasn't best for me so she's like, yo, "Yo, maybe you should quit for your doctor, like, so you can figure out what's going on." Right. And sometimes that's like uh, someone that you can confide in and you trust, and they th- think that they have the best,
0: uh, uh, what is it, best interest, interest for you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, like that's. Uh, well, you know what it makes those me, are the biggest thing.
0: What I wonder when you're talking is is. Does the, the act of getting high and taking away your inhibitions just let you go in the direction that you mean to go in anyway? Like if you're going to be a person who lays around, doesn't do anything, maybe yeah. this takes the guilt away that you have <laughs> about sitting around. And so you're just able yeah. to. Do it. And if you're a productive person who wants to get going, maybe it clears the way in your head to get going.
1: Yeah, I, you know? I would say it clears the barriers. Because mm-hmm. with my, like even this truck that I'm about to buy, I'm so scared to buy this truck. Like it's 5900 bucks. It's a POS but you know, it's a lot of money for
0: you. It's a big investment for you.
1: I mean, 59 really isn't that much. Like I can pay that off relatively quickly. It's just, it's now pressure to car wash. You know what I mean? Before I was doing it out the trunk or in the driveway It was just fun, you know? But now if I get this truck, now I have to pay that 59 back and I have to get the stuff for the bed. But when I smoke, it's like, okay, I don't have to do anything. I'm going to get the truck and I'm going to wash cars. You know what I mean? It brings me back down to like,
0: just what what needs to happen You know what I mean like yeah for me that pressure keeps me focused like one of the things I love the most about having ads on the podcast is yeah. a, it keeps you know like it's a lot of time and so mm-hmm. I, I'm able to look at my wife and say look there's some money here like it's not like I'm it's not like I'm just upstairs being like I'm gonna help people which would be nice but it takes up a lot of time so it's an income that makes the podcast reasonable to do But the second thing that I'm really pleased about because I want to do the podcast is that I owe ads to people. And so the other day, two days ago, I had a terrible day. Like everything in my life went wrong from every angle and I still had to get the podcast out.
1: Yep, so Those are some of the best days.
0: Yeah, I got a lot done. but, But moreover, if I didn't have to, if I didn't have those ads, I probably would have just thought, well, I'll just put it out Wednesday then. And who knows if that isn't the beginning of the end for like, ah, maybe I'll do it next week. And and right. like, I like that I have, I think that truck might be that for you. Like it's, it's going to make you, you know, get up and go wash some cars, make some payments on your truck. And maybe you'll start seeing a building. Maybe, you know, maybe you and I yeah. will talk five years from now and you'll have a fleet of vans running around California, right? You know, cleaning people's cars.
1: Yeah. yeah well, you know? and being that you brought up the ads, What I'll say is I think it also helps the companies. Like Dexcom and Omnipod, they're benefiting because, one, they have a paid interest into the podcast. But not only that, they'll probably listen to it. They probably have someone that's dedicated to listen to it. Like, we paid this money. What are we getting out of it? And it brings them data. You know what I mean? It brings them real diabetic stories that they can maybe apply to their products. You know what I mean? Apply to their marketing plans to see... How they can reach the people better. You know what I mean from their end.
0: As humbly as I can, I will say that I think this podcast is doing multiple different things for multiple different people.
1: Yeah, um, and yeah. I will say that, like, the like being that I got this back in 1995, where literally the dose like carb ratios and stuff, I had a sliding scale. Like I took a picture of it on my Instagram, but it's a uh, like it's come a long way. Mm-hmm. And I like there's sometimes where I'm really upset. I just want it to be cured already. But there's some times where I'm I'm just super appreciative because, like coming from a 670G where it w- says it's auto mode, it's branded as auto mode, and then doesn't do auto mode <laughs> is kind of a bummer. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't do it very well. But like I, I'm I I my first pump was a uh, Paradigm pump in mm-hmm. fifth grade. My second pump was a 530, and the one after that was a 670. I love the Paradigm. I love the 530. But they just dropped the ball in the next one. And I was so set. Like, I was loyal
2: like, excited, to the yeah.
1: And I didn't want to change. I was super happy with them. But I was kind of forced to change. And going into the Tandem and the Dexcom combo is just killer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. Don't get me wrong. It's not perfect. The sensor could be a little bit better. And
0: I've... There's a... I don't think anything's perfect Alex and I do think right. it gets better. I think Dexcom of all of the companies Yeah. they are they're moving at like breakneck speed making uh, making yeah. improvements. Um and I'm just I'm super excited next year for you know all these closed loop systems that come out, you know, the OmniPod yeah. Horizon and whatever Tandem's going to do and like and hopefully Medtronic will fix their deal. You know what I mean? And like I, give people I options. I just think I just think being that I've got the short end of the stick
1: with the Medtronic device and, like, their response, like, after I had gone to the hospital, you know, a couple times, they were like, oh, just trust it. Just trust it. And I was like, uh, okay. Like, I don't understand how I can trust something that I literally, like, now I still have a problem going to sleep at night because I'm afraid I'm not going to wake it. up because of their device. You know what I mean? Like, that's a tough thing to, so like, live with. Once you've lost
0: that edge, that trust, it's hard to get that back. Yeah. yeah like, like, how are you just going to make that leap? With the tandem, yeah, I I I don't use the basal IQ
1: system. I use the auto suspend, so I don't get low. Like I, yeah, get low. But even on their auto suspend, tandem pumps the brakes. They they suspend you for a little bit, pull off the suspend, see how you do. Suspend you for a little bit, pull it off and see what you do. You're never suspended for more than like five or ten minutes or fifteen minutes at a time. But if they need to, they still have the two hour. Like they'll suspend you for the two hours. Just shut it off. But Medtronic is as like if they suspend they don't unsuspend until you're in a different like zone and then by but then the then problem is high, if you're then. suspended yeah. and then you calibrate like like basically if i'm asleep and it suspends auto suspends for hits a 2 hour max and then it needs to calibrate i'm now back in full basal and i don't have cgm reading so it can't resuspend, and i'm sleeping you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's a recipe for disaster and it has led to disaster multiple times. And how, like who, what was the test market that thought that was okay? You know what I mean? That like, what diabetics were you talking to that thought that was okay? Well, I'll and, say
0: this and I don't find myself defending Medtronic well, very often. No, no, no. If they were trying to get it through the FDA and they were trying to be the first ones, they probably yeah. had to err pretty far on the side of caution to get the FDA to say, okay. Well, but, and you know,
1: my thing is, like, now all these other companies are trying to get into the market, but the first thing that should always be the first in every one of these companies' minds is the end user. You know yeah. what I mean? The end diabetic that has to live with this product. How are they going to like it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not talking about the, the two-year diabetic that just got diabetes. They're still fresh in the honeymoon period or whatever. I'm talking about the 20-year diabetic that has seen those ups and downs, that knows how that stuff's going to react, and can see, like, okay, maybe what if we try this, or this, like, the... The variables we've seen more variables, being that we've had it so much longer. Right, you're able to like troubleshoot them quicker, or like yeah, maybe you make want it a little more bit control better.
0: on your side. Yeah, I completely and, agree. There's got to be a ton of user definable concepts in the algorithms, or then you're just going to be with this one size fits all thing. It's just not going to work for most people, and. And you just, like you said, you get somebody who maybe's just been diagnosed for a little bit. Their A1C is like eight or nine, 10. And they're like, oh, now it's, now it's seven consistently. And they think this thing's amazing because yeah. that, but you're a person who now, I mean, now you're, you're, you're feeling it now. It's like you're sniffing sixes. You're probably thinking about fives and you know what I mean? Like you're starting to think like, I think I could do better here for myself and I'm going to keep trying.
1: Well, I'll tell you, I wasn't, my doctor is chilling on sixes. She's happy about that. Yeah, I bet. But when I heard you and you're like, not you, but like you talk about your daughter being at like fives or something, I was like, huh, can I get to fives? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I, when I was a kid, uh, I wanted to go to like this diabetic camp or whatever, like some, some get together thing. Um, and my mom was like, you want to go to fat camp? And I was like, no, never mind, mind. think i And I've never, said.
0: and it put you off it. Yeah. Of and I've never about. been
1: into the diabetes community at all. Like well, I, you're here now, I, man. Well, that's the thing is yeah. I've, I've opened up and I've put it on my Instagram. Like I've, I'm openly saying I'm a diabetic and yeah. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm reaching out to people. I got actual like friends on Instagram that are diabetics that I can like, yo, how, how would you think about this? Or like, and that changes the whole aspect of diabetes for me. And it's a bummer that not like my mom's not diabetic, that I was allowed, I allow, allowed someone to get in my head That's not a diabetic to, you know, like she wasn't trying to make fun of me. She was just making a joke about it, but I took it serious. Like, is that fat camp? Like, is that what I think it is? You know? And I let, like, I let her opinion be my opinion until I was old enough to be like, that's not my opinion. I am going to try that. And I think that that sometimes being that as a young kid, like people like JDR, juvenile diabetes, like you get it at a young age and you're surrounded by your parents that are going like they have diabetes too, pretty much at that point. And it's like if you aren't able to redo your thoughts or like reassess some thoughts that you've had, you may not find the treatment that's best for you. You know what I mean? To be able to get into the fives or the sixes, like that's a the community is huge. You know what I mean? Like it really is some it's just nice to talk to someone. And I've actually said that to Dexcom and Tandem and Medtronic that some of the best treatment isn't just like, hey, can you change your basal rates? Can you change your carb ratios? Do this or do that? Sometimes it's just talking. You know what I mean? Just having an open line of another diabetic or someone that knows enough about the disease to be able to respond.
0: Uh, In a positive educate. way that could help you. Yeah. 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 Well, Alex, I, I think, think you threw your hat into the ring. I think this is going to do that for somebody else now. So I you, sure hope so. Yeah, I think and so. I really do.
1: I, I don't want to be defined as like a weed-smoking diabetic but i do smoke weed don't get me wrong but i th- i think that for anyone else like it's not just weed you could be a yoga diabetic or whatever like people are super into yoga right now and it's like that could be your thing that could be what helps you through diabetes or your addisons or whatever disease you might have or whatever like it's it's really whatever works for you yep rock with it you know what i mean like and for me i enjoy car washing but i do the 9 to 5 you know what i mean i'm i do a lot of different things but when I find like a new, like I love doing random stuff.
2: Right. Like what?
1: I just placed my mom's rubber boot seal on her washer. Right. Totally, totally a challenge, but I, I wanted to challenge myself and it was like a, kind of a meditation because the whole time I was being challenged, but I had to finish it because I had to do laundry. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's, that's pretty serious, but going out of your realm, trying something new, maybe you want to skydive, you know what I mean? And you haven't for really it. done it yet. And you're, uh, inching around about it to take the next step. Like, and well, if someone asks you to go jet skiing or something and you didn't think about doing that that day, maybe that's what should be or like what, what could be more fun than whatever you had going on.
0: Well, Alex, I'll tell you what, I have to go because I have okay. real I have work to do. Um, yeah, but I sorry. really love talking to you. And I want to say this when I had you on and when you reached out and we corresponded a little bit back and forth, My my hope was just absolutely it just came true because I think that people who are not involved in, you know, the culture of weed and smoking pot are going to think one thing about you when they start listening. And I think yeah. that by the time they get to the end, they're going to realize, like you just said, you're not, you're not just a person who smokes pot and you're not a diabetic with, like who smokes pot. You're really a fully realized person who has all kinds of things going on in their lives is overcoming problems, is growing and maturing, and you're a full person. And I, th- I really appreciate you taking the time to explain your life like this so the people who have preconceived ideas um, maybe won't have them anymore. This was really yeah. helpful in a lot of different ways. Thank so, you
1: very much. No, I, I appreciate, appreciate that. and I, I, pre- I appreciate the platform to be able to even do this. I was low-key scared to like come on here. I didn't know what it was going to be like. But I definitely appreciate it. And I would love to do it again or continue this. Or if anyone wants to talk or whatever, I'm totally willing to talk about anything. What's your Instagram I'm pretty open. handle? Uh, I have a couple. Um, but Who Foodonator is like my main Instagram that I use all the time. Okay. It's F-O-O-D, then O-H, and then Nader, N-A-D-E-R. Uh, Nader is like my nickname. My name is Alexander. But when I got my license when I was 16, the DMV switched the A and the N ander to nader so mm-hmm. it's alex nader so all my friends call me that
0: So you can call me that too nader i appreciate it if i ever decide to get high
1: i'm gonna find you awesome sweet yeah and i really enjoyed this thank you for having me on here this was a super cool experience i think you're really killing it and i look forward to uh more of them really more of these after darks or more of any of your podcasts. you have you. a really you're, you have a really great voice
0: for it i have to say oh thank you're you well here's what's coming up on after dark i have a uh, sex from a male perspective I've set up, I've got a set up for sex from a female perspective, and I have a now clean um, addict who's going to talk about living with diabetes while they were, um, while they weren't clean, while they got clean, and how it almost impacted them to uh, not be cleaning, how their diabetes almost impacted them not to be clean again.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, Yeah, those are going to be intense.
0: Yeah, so they're going to they're they're really great. I'm very happy for people who are willing to talk about this. This is stuff. This is a real thing. You're not the one guy in the world who has diabetes and smokes, right? Right. There's I mean, it's a lot of them. We do like diabetics are still like real people.
1: You know what I mean? Like we Mm -hmm. still do real stuff. And I think this this kind of phase that you have going on with your podcast is going to be huge. I like it for that that like they're not alone. Like you were just saying, like there's other people that do that too, and they have questions. And this might be the platform to answer those questions. You know I, what I mean, for anyone.
0: That. Yeah, I think you just have to let people talk and tell their truth and and yeah. and let them be honest so that other people can hear. Because a lot of people are going to hear their thoughts in yours, and it's going to make them feel better. So uh, I could keep talking to you forever. So let yeah. me say goodbye. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you as well. Yeah. Take care. Have a great day, Nader. You too. See you later. Bye. Thank you, Nader, for coming on the show and sharing all this. I just felt when I was done talking to Alex, I don't know I felt I felt like my mind was opened. I don't know if I'm getting high anytime soon, but I understood his life better. and I think that's amazing. In that vein, I think it's amazing that Dexcom, Omnipod, and Dancing for Diabetes sponsor the Juicebox podcast the way they do. I think I can announce that they will be back for 2020 as sponsors of the show. Thank you very much, guys. But moreover, I appreciate that they've never once even hinted they'd like to control the content of the show. Dexcom Omnipod Dancing for Diabetes, they've never come to me and said, please don't talk about this subject or, you know, if somebody says this, don't put it in. No one's ever said that. And that's just one of the reasons why I can put on great content like today with Alex and it's sponsored, keeps the podcast free. So, thanks so much to Alex for showing the human side of his life, to Omnipod, Dexcom, and Dancing for Diabetes for their steadfast support of the Juicebox podcast.